Tuesday. So we are back, Toolhouse uh, Tuesday Tool. And I'm back here again with Laura with One Tree Montessori. And she's on holiday. Hi, everyone. <laughs> she's on holiday. And um, also very excited about talking with us today about the benefits um, of observation. And Maria Montessori um, taught us that observation is really, really key. And when we take time to observe, then we know what our lessons are going to be. A plan, that's how we plan our lessons is by observing and seeing um, how the children are working and what areas they're working and, and what their needs are um, moving forward. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about observation and hopefully everybody will learn and grow and, and um, take away some awesome insights. Thanks, Sean. Uh, first off, really happy to be back. It's been a while since our last talk. But what you said about observation is really true, right? Whenever you hear Montessori, you immediately think of, okay, observation, scientific, lots of record keeping and, and whatnot. But I think um, it's important to just quickly put in context why the observation is such a big deal for us, because people have to remember that when Dr. Maria Montessori developed this method, the schools were very different from what they are today. You know, the children got stuffed into a classroom and some person up in government decided what they needed to learn without ever actually, you know, looking at the children. And what Maria Montessori did with her medical background is she went about developing her method of education as scientifically as she could. You know, she treated it as an experiment. She put things in, she saw, okay, this didn't work. She tried out different, like the, the color boxes. Mm -hmm. She tried out multiple different colors to see which ones the children responded to the best. Oh. And then only chose those colors. You know, the, the shades and the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things. And helping them with their vi uh, visual acuity, developing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Strengthening their visual sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... And, and that was really new in that time because education just had been basically, you know, um, parrot repeating of instructions from, from the teacher. Yes. Um, and she actually sat down and she watched. I mean, in a, in a first school, the Casa de Bambini, she had a teacher in the classroom and she would go in and sit in a corner and watch which allowed her to notice things and see things and really develop this awesome method that the world uses um, mm -hmm. at the moment. So in today's context, I think observation is a lot more commonplace in all kinds of schools because we have, we're a very data-driven society by now, right? Everyone wants numbers and statistics and to know this and to know that. Um, so... Yeah. I think in observation generally for Montessori teachers, it's quite easy to get caught up in the whole paperwork side of it, you know, and for parents, it's like, okay, but where do I even start? Because really, truly observing um, is something that you have to put a lot of effort in. It's not something that we're, we were taught as children, you know, we had to learn it as adults. Right. Right, and, and we had to learn how to do that um, to receive our Montessori training, you know, which <laughs> yeah. was really, really valuable. Spending, uh, you know, weeks in a classroom with a notebook observing certain children. Mm. And you remember, we also had the task of observing one child 
Um, yeah. So some, sometimes they were general observations, but sometimes they're observing one child. And through those observations, then you can see what they're interested in, um, you know, what, um, what their style of learning is. And then yeah, it's, and, once you know that you know, child, possible then you triggers, can, yes. Um, and, and then you can start with more help with, but I like that too. You can use their interest to weave in math lessons and language mm. lessons and, oh, this child really likes dinosaurs. So, um, I, I know, um, how to engage him and get him excited about writing or reading or, or even math. Yeah, exactly. So um, why I chose to talk about observation today is because it's, it's something that I really enjoy and I know it can be quite daunting for, for parents. And I know that when my teacher uh, took over the three to six environment from me, you know, she learned how to observe in the course, but then being thrown into the classroom and having to handle everything and then still take observations and stuff it was a bit overwhelming for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's really important to remember that the observation is something that you should practice daily and I've got a I've got a couple tips on, on how to do that oh, great. Um, and before I dive into those tips I just want to uh, reiterate why it's so important because there is a sort of scientific educational reason and then there's also an interpersonal relationship-based reason, right? Because from an educational point of view, we want to observe so that we can better educate the children. Like you said, use their interests, know exactly where they need help, you know, know their strengths, um, see their learning style, and then meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. And we can only do that if we observe them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and this might even be a more important reason on some levels is that when we truly start to observe we get to know our children our students on mm-hmm. a whole different level and we build yes. such an intricate relationship with them you know that really helps them on all levels not just the academic one it helps them on the emotional side, feeling seen, feeling heard, mm-hmm. on the discipline side, you know, because we, we are less likely to take in the moment decisions about discipline because we know the children, we know how they react, we know they've been working on this kind of thing. Yes. Um, you know, so I, I really think it's something that's definitely worth putting in the effort every day. Right. To practice that yes. Uh, and I yeah. Can, I have to completely throw this in here um, because a, a friend of mine, Claudia Mann, mm-hmm. she's an actual observation course, like a 21-day mini course to rejuvenate your observation. Yes, I, I saw that. I was thinking about that yeah. as, as you were talking. Yeah. Um, so I'll be sure to drop the link in the YouTube description because I just think it's so awesome. There's daily audios. And as soon as I'm done with my holiday, I'm signing up for it. Okay, very good. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I love um, everything you're saying because Maria Montessori, you know, it was through her observation that she realized and was able to teach us that, that children actually like to learn. And, yeah. it, and if, you, if you foster their um, independence appropriately and um, respectfully, um, they become their own educators in so many ways. Um, and that, and oh, that really, yeah, and then that really feeds their sense of capability. 
um, which is really, really powerful. And then it was through her observations as well that she realized schools don't have to be um, teacher centered. They could be child centered. Mm. You know, if you give children yeah. the, the freedom to work on, on things, um, freedom within limits, um, they will do that. Um, and the teacher can be kind of in the background, giving individual or small group lessons to children based on their need, rather than standing at the front of the room telling everybody what to do. So yeah, I mean, um, you know, I always have to laugh when parents come into the classroom and they sort of stop and you can see them entirely confused because they can't see me because I'm generally, you know, on the floor with a group of children and right. looking for a person standing and there's just no one because you know, the children learn so much easier when you're down there and getting your hands yeah. dirty, metaphorically. I know it's like a little factory in the classrooms. It's so great. And that's what Maria Montessori said, right? If we're doing our job as well as we should be, then the children could work um, with, with us not even being present. You know, we don't exactly. even have to be there and the children continue on working, which yeah. um, I've seen in, you know, brief moments, obviously. You know, we, we don't abandon our classrooms, but if you have to step out for a while, they just continue on and working and... Yeah, no, it's it's really nice to get there. And the only way to, to get there is if you really ramp up your observation, because otherwise you can't meet their needs and then it's not going to go there. And that's as true as it, in the classroom as it is in the home, you know? Yeah. You want your children to be independent, so you need to watch them to see where you can give them, when you can give them, and how you can give them that independence. Yeah, so for um, for children who are being homeschooled and, um, you know, what, what tips do you have for, for parents to start this whole process? So there's, um, first of there's sort of like informal observations that you just take notes with your mind as you go through the day, you know, mm -hmm. we just notice things. Um, and we often do that already unconsciously. Um, so it's just a matter of making a conscious decision of, okay, today I'm going to notice and remember things. And it helps at the end of the day to just write down what you remember. Right. Um, but then I think in the classroom and at home, even if you don't homeschool your children, uh, it's really beneficial to take an hour, even two hours a week in between or in a block and just sit and watch your children, you know, um, and and watch what they do and tell them this is your work, you know, they can't, they can't yeah. interrupt you now if you're working um, and it, you'll be fascinated by what you see. So, and then when you sit down and actually take notes while observing, then um, you can use a couple of different techniques. Uh, so for example, you can just write down whatever you see, almost like a journal, you know, just don't judge it, don't put a filter on it, just write, 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 mm -hmm. write, write, write. Um, and then sift through it later to see things that you wrote down that you maybe didn't consciously realize. Yeah, or so to pick up on some themes or, or some mm. yeah, re repetitive, um, habits and things like that yeah yeah and then uh, you can do time sampling so maybe you notice that your child struggles with transitions you know um so then you make a point of every day at seven o'clock when it's dinner time you watch carefully to see how the transition goes um you take mental or written notes as you go mm -hmm. along and then and, um so that's really nice to see like a pattern over time yes you know, every I day love at that. the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. I think so many parents think that they need to be either doing for or doing with. And mm -hmm. it's really great to just allow, I love that, allowing them to be independent and then just sitting in and watching them and taking notes. I bet there's, that's a, a going to be a great tip for parents that are watching this yeah. video. I mean, obviously, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to only purely observe them while they're making tea for the first time. Right. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's very valuable to take a step back and remove yourself from the situation mm -hmm. um, and take an observer's view. So you can do the journaling, you can do the time, time sampling, um, especially if you have a workspace at home or in the classroom. A really nice thing to do is, is draw a map of a day and sort of notice where the children gravitate to, where do they run the most, you know, do they bump into certain areas or mm -hmm. certain areas more prone to fights um, so that you can adapt your environment to, to make your, your day work better. Yes, yeah, and that's the science, yeah. That's the scientific approach, you know, watching and observing and learning and then... And then changing one thing at a time. Yes. That's really important. Change one thing at a time and then observe again and then change the next thing and then observe again so that you have as close to an experimental design as you possibly can. Yeah, I love that, um, yeah. And then obviously you can do a case study so you watch one child over time, you know, to really get to know them. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a little more applicable for classrooms. Yeah. Then, um, then families because in a family there's not that many people generally mm -hmm. um, and then the other one you can watch for is is a frequency record so you pick a behavior and you basically take notes every time it occurs or afterwards if it's, if mm -hmm. it's a stressful situation um, to also see patterns over time yeah like what because are the triggers we, we, we or yeah exactly because we can't remember everything it's impossible yeah that's so great taking, taking the notes you know and it also it makes you so much more conscious of what happens next because when we start to to be aware of something, then we get focused on it. Um, yeah. That's actually the, the number one tip I was gonna get to later, is that if you don't know how to sort of start observing, is uh, pick a topic, children's behavior, transitions, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, read a couple of blogs about it, doesn't have to be a lot. Have a couple of conversations about it with your friends or coworkers or whatever. And then you'll automatically start to notice it more because our brain works that way. You know, yeah. when, you, when you start studying Montessori, then you see how every child works immediately. Or when, yeah. you, when you study to be a doctor, then every person in your, in your circle is suddenly ill with some disease <laughs> that, that you can cure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if, you, if you're not quite sure where to start with the observations, especially at home, pick a topic, read about it, and it'll just time you your brain to be more aware of it already. Mm -hmm. And then you just take notes in it. Yeah. I know my, my daughter's in um, the Montessori training in North, Dal North Texas um, and getting her zero to three training. And so observation is a oh, big oh, component so of that yeah. training. Lots and lots of observations of, you know, babies at different stages, non-walking, mm or non-moving, non-mobile, mobile babies, walking babies, and then even, you know, two-year-olds. So um, lots and lots of hours. And yeah, that's, the, the children are, uh, teach us what they, what they need. 
you know, if we observe them closely, then we can actually meet their needs instead mm. of just interacting with them and treating them all the same. Yeah, exactly. Because they're not all the same. Sure, that's right. Have, they have certain universal milestones and needs and developmental stages, but in, in the end, every child goes through these differently based on their genetic makeup, based on their family background, based on what they ate that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really or how much sleep they got, or yeah, mm-hmm. or you know if they didn't see their favorite color on the way to school. <laughs> yes, and the the consistency and the routine and the order is so important for those young children mm-hmm. as well too. Yeah, so exactly. that's good for parents to know too. Is when they when their schedule and their routine changes, they can potentially expect more meltdowns and more tantrums and things like yeah. that because children yeah, like their routines. Exactly, it makes them feel safe. Um, mm-hmm. So, if you got into the habit of observation, you know you would probably likely know which child would respond to which kind of help um, coming up to a transition or a routine change or something because you've watched them before and you've seen. Okay, so if I tell Timmy that it's time to go sleep, when it's time to go sleep, then he has a meltdown. So let me try tell him five minutes beforehand. Um, and then, okay, it works a little better, but it still wasn't ideal. So maybe next time I try it for 10 minutes and give him a choice, you know, do you want to have your bed story, your bedtime story in bed or on the couch? Mm-hmm. Make them feel empowered in the process. And you can, if, you, if you're not aware of these things, if you just go through life sort of blind. Transactionally, <laughs> you know, yes. Um, then every day you're just going to have a fight with little Timmy about bedtime because you, and it, it might sound harsh, but basically you're not trying to understand what's wrong, so you can't fix the problem, mm-hmm. and then it, it's just always a problem, and that's not nice. Right. Anymore. Yeah, and you can put band-aids on it, you know, but actually observing and understanding and then moving forward by meeting the need is the best way. Yeah. And yeah, that all takes observation and, you know, the understanding comes from the observation. So this is a great exactly. reminder. Yeah, you have to be aware of something to be able to work with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we become aware through our senses. So we observe with them. That's, that's what we do. Um, so I just want to go through the tips quickly for actually observations okay. is... Um, now that you've watched the video, you are already conscious of observing. So chances mm-hmm. are that your brain's already observing more than it was, because that's the first step. Um, and then, you know, you can practice, you can notice, you can pick one thing to notice in a day and then just make a mental note every time it happens. And so basically train your brain little by little to start mm-hmm. noticing more things, right? Yeah. So maybe maybe you pick um, to notice every time your child smiles. Mm-hmm. So you prime your brain um, to pay attention to the stimulus, and then you you notice it, and you make yourself conscious of the fact that you noticed it. So and then um, you'll start noticing other things as well. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, so um, you basically have to work your brain a little bit uh, to get used to it, but it's definitely worth it. Um, which gets me to the next tip, you know, take your time. Um, you don't become a great observer overnight. You have to practice at it. Mm-hmm. And um, 
that's why I said earlier it's important to really actually schedule time for observations whether you're at home or in the classroom um, make sure that if your children need support during that time you have a partner or a friend or your assistant covering for you that it doesn't go horribly wrong you know we yeah. don't want anyone to, to hurt themselves um, yeah I know some teachers that actually put a like a necklace on and the children know when she when the mm. teacher has that necklace on that she's observing and they have to seek help and support from the older students yeah. or maybe the assistant teacher exactly or you get a you get a special cushion or you get a special notebook some visual cue that's like okay guess I'm not available mm-hmm. right yes. now yeah yeah um and then what's what's really important with the observations and this might actually be the hardest part to do is that you have to distinguish between what you think and what you see because we want the observations to be as objective as possible because we very naturally bring our own lens into the observation you know we perceive things and judge them as we understand the world and it can happen that we then assign the wrong meaning to a situation that we've observed. Yeah. Um, which which is why I think taking notes in the beginning is really important because then you take notes very strictly of what you see. Mm-hmm. You, you know, then you don't, you don't write, for example, that um, John and Sally had a fight. That's a judgment. You would write that um, John pulled on the truck and Sally pushed John over and then they both cried. So, right. you know, it sounds like a fight. Yes. But if you write down what you saw, then you're better able to think about it later because John and Sally had a fight. That's a very general statement. You can't mm-hmm. actually do anything with it. Yeah, so I talk with my... Uh, when I was heading a school, I would talk with my staff about that as well. When they're having parent-teacher conferences, instead of using generalities such as your child's disrespectful, they don't know what that means, you know, so... Yeah, it, it means different things to different right. people. So he came in and he kicked or he threw something or he bit some, you know, those, they, they need specific details. So I like, um, I like that too, steering away from the generalities when you're taking observations and what's, what exactly is happening. Yeah, so so you have to get rid of the expectations, you know, even if the child has kicked and screamed for the past five days every time they came to school, mm-hmm. you know, um, you expect nothing when you sit down and you observe and you write down exactly what happens because chances are if you expect it to happen again, then you look for signs that would confirm your expectation, right? It's, it's the confirmation bias. Um, um, and you miss you miss other signs because of that selective attention. Right, so it's that makes so really much important. sense. Yeah, it's really important to just clear your mind and treat it as, as something completely new. You know, be curious. Like, oh, mm. what's going to happen today? What do I get to witness? And then, yeah, just write down what you see, not what you thought happened. Right. So then, so first, so we're setting aside a certain amount of time. We're sitting down to take these notes, and when we're doing it, we're being conscious to write down exactly what we see, rather than putting labels on it or, or turning. Yeah. It into, yeah. And then there. Yeah, exactly. um, and then what's is there another step moving moving past that? 
Um, basically, you know, you have to your observations. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> um, because the, the aim is we're gathering all this data to make informed decisions. Um, and, you know, I mean, everyone hates ads on their social media, right? Yes. I'm, yes. I'm jotting these notes down myself. That's why I'm looking down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm using the example of ads because even though it's something we generally feel as an invasion of privacy, it's a perfect example of why it's so important to observe mm -hmm. because basically when we observe we gather data about the children mm -hmm. and the way they use the world right and then we're able to make personalized recommendations yes. on what they would need right you know um, and then, so yes and ads, ads are irritating um, but it's more irritating to me to see an ad about uh, say snowboarding in Norway when I live in Namibia because it, it has nothing to do mm -hmm. with my with personal you are. reality. Right. You know? Perfect. Um, yeah. And then, so now we're making these informed decisions based on maybe how we can meet this child's needs a little bit better and interact with them in a way that where we can invite cooperation and, mm. and, and support and right, because we're helping them reach their full potential all the time. Um, yeah. And then I think I heard you say too, as you're, as you're doing this, you're making, changes slowly like one at a time yeah one thing at a time because if, if okay say for example you've noticed that um, in your classroom there's always a crowd of children in the coat room right right okay so then you change the coat room layout that there's less space mm -hmm. and you get the children to put their shoes on outside the coat room now you don't know which of those changes solve the problem. Exactly. Yeah. Good so that's, point. That's why it's important to do one one thing at a time. Yes. You know? Well, and, and I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I've taught elementary for years, six to nine and nine to twelve, and I um, sometimes I would actually have some of the older children that, that could write. And, and had had developed that concentration and control and coordinated movement to a certain level, have them observe as well. And then we could discuss things like crowded coat room where people are tripping over each other <laughs> at a class meeting. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's great. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's really, um, that's actually a great point because like I, I think as I said earlier, right at the beginning that, you know, we didn't learn as children to observe. Yes, and now we're modeling that for the most part. And exactly, now we're modeling it. And you know, even even with toddlers, you can point out things. You can say, you know, look, her head is down, her shoulders are slumped. Mm -hmm. She's probably sad. Let's go check yeah. on her. Yeah. You know. Um, and then you're teaching or, them vocabulary of emotions and yeah. Or you know, you bumped into this table three times in the last two days. Let's see if we if we need to move it yeah. to make this. Um, area easier for you to, yeah. to walk through and it teaches them to be very attentive to mm -hmm. their to their own life and critical and developing those critical thinking skills yeah so awesome so we're going to set aside time well first first it's just a matter of teaching your brain to kind of observe and be aware by focusing exactly. on maybe one um one attribute of the child like they're smiling or um you know, when they're running instead of walking or <laughs> something yeah. like that to train exactly. our brain so and to, then to become aware and prime our brain. 
And then once we're primed, we actually set aside time during the day to observe. We take notes. We take notes that are specific. Actually, what's going on? Uh, review the data because that's the purpose mm. of the observation is to understand the children better. And then if um, if we have ideas about uh, making some changes to better support that child, to do do those slowly. Yeah. So that you can see actually exactly. what changes are actually having an impact, a positive impact. Yeah. And then you know observe Love again it. and record more. Um, and then just just to finish off, a quick word, especially for teachers. Um, it often happens that you may observe or notice something that you're not quite sure how you would support to to improve the situation. Um, and it's really important that when you share your observations and thoughts with other teachers, <laughs> that you take out any identifying. Um, features and characteristics because we have to be very mindful of the the privacy of the children oh okay good good yeah you know so that's that's teacher specific is it's really great to have such a community of people that you can connect with that can help you you just have to remember to you know leave out the gender leave out the age leave out the location don't say names don't mention the school um, just to, to make sure because yeah, you know, I mean, besides the legal right. obligation, you yeah, want to I mean, we, the uh, we wouldn't want uh, notes about, if somebody observed us, we wouldn't want that information all over the world, and it wouldn't, it's not appropriate to do that for the children either, or to the children. All right, well, this was so very helpful. Um, okay. I love I'm it. I'm glad. I've, I enjoyed it. Because observation, you know, it's, oh, yeah, observation, sit and watch, um, but it's much deeper than that, and you've really... Mm really kind of helped us move into that and, and look at the different steps and and the whole purpose of it is yeah you know, how, how can we support this child and in, in his or her journey of reaching her full potential um and yeah and we're also developing ourselves more too as we do this right because yeah we we really um honor the ability to focus and concentrate that as children develop those and it's helping us develop that as well i mean we're on our own journeys and have our own work to do exactly and by practicing you know becoming more observant you also become more observant to your own needs the needs of exactly. the people around you um, yeah it, just, it makes every part of life so much easier that there's no reason not to do it and more clear just clarity mm. yeah i love that all right well thank you and um, I look you. forward to our next session, whenever that is. I'm sure we'll be scheduling <laughs> yes, that. Um, but thanks a lot for joining me again. And um, I hope everybody loves this session.